So today we're gonna to be talking about our digital stories. Now, do you guys consider yourself a storyteller? Why or why not? I do not. Because I, I, you can give me the best story and somehow I'll mess it up and I can't keep people's attention whatsoever. I don't know what it is. It's like I just can't do it. I guess I'm an okay storyteller. It depends on the story. Like yeah. if, if I'm interested in it, then I'm a good storyteller. But if I'm just like relaying a story that I don't uh, care so much about, I, um, I don't put enough energy into it, I guess. I don't think I'm the best storyteller because like I'll like start talking about a story and then something else will pop in my mind and I'll like switch gears and like go off on that and then come back again and like it's everywhere. So. It's like squirrel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. So you guys, like, who tells the like the stories in your family or your friends? Uh, I think my aunt tells really good stories, cause she's like really like eclectic and she gets gets really into it. And, like she just gets like she'll start doing everybody's voices. Like she talking about <laughs> me, she'll try to talk like me, and it's just it's interesting. It's funny. So she's like entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My little brother is the biggest storyteller in the world, and he makes stuff up, and he just, like, and it's so believable. Like, he's he's a smart little kid, and he just, he makes it so believable, but then you you talk to somebody that he talk, told the story about, and they're like, that didn't even happen, and he's like, yeah, I know, like, he'll just tell you, I'd be like, yeah, I know, that wasn't true, but it sounded good, you know? So, so he can sell it. Yeah, he can definitely sell it. Yeah, I, uh, my husband is definitely the storyteller out of the two of us. He's really good at it because he does the different voices and they're nowhere near what the person sounds like, so it's even funnier. It's always entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, even though we're not storytellers and we don't view ourselves in that way, what types of stories do you like to tell? Or what type of stories do you guys like to listen to? Funny ones, for okay. sure. Just anything that's like gonna keep me interested and laughing. I'm always like my family always ask me to tell like stories of the look like what we did on vacation. Because for some reason I'm the only one that can remember what we <laughs> did. Everybody else always forgets, and they're always like, "Where'd you where'd we go that one time? Or where'd we do do this?" And I was like, "This place." And I have to like relive the whole thing because I can't remember anything. For some reason I don't know why. So you could make up a really wild story. I could, and they would never it. know. <laughs> if I was good at it, I guess I could. Yeah. Vacation stories are always the best, though. Like our family, somehow every time we go on a vacation, it's like something crazy happens, like out of the blue. We're like, we, we should never leave the state again, just because. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah the best stories are the things that like you never expect to happen. Like when you're out doing something and something just pops up, and that, those are the best. Mhm. Mm so what what makes a good story? I think just being able to keep somebody's attention, and like through the whole thing, like like you said, funny stories. Like it's always like leading up to what actually happened, and just having that moment to where like it just all comes together. I think it's pretty important. Kind of like a roller coaster, you build up and then you get to the top and then ooh, down. Yeah. I think details are an important part too. Somebody that's good, like, you know, relaying those details about exactly how it happened. You can almost picture it. Uh, that's why that's a good one. Um, yeah, I think it's just like having an introduction and then you start building up, going up that roller coaster till you get to the top and then you start going back down the hill until you reach the resolution. Um, 
If you could sum up this course in a phrase or a word, what would it be and why? Ooh. Shoot. I think this one for me has to do um, a lot with like creative thinking, critical thinking, because um, like I've used a lot of technology before but it's challenging my views mm -hmm. on like how I would use technology as a teacher. Yeah. Like why it deserves to have a place in the classroom. Yeah, I think challenging is a good word. It yeah, makes you, it's awesome. made you kind of just, like you said, rethink the way that you're going to do things when you actually get a teacher class. So. Anybody can use technology and anything, but it's like knowing how to use it at the appropriate times and like when it's going to promote learning and growth. Like, just working through, like, all the different, like, tools you can use and how to use them is probably the hardest part because me, like, in high school, all we ever used was Microsoft Word and maybe, like, Windows Maker, like, yeah. Movie Maker every once in a while. But, like, the only type of technology class I ever had, we had a technology class in high school and we used a flip camera and we just videotaped each other, that's it, and we uploaded it. <laughs> like, that's about as much the technology I ever used in school. So it's pretty cool to realize, like, how what all you can actually use in the classroom. And I think it's nice, like, all of these, like, online programs and software, like, a lot of them have, like, special teacher discounts or are completely free for educators. Like, they value education and they value teachers, and that really takes the financial aspect away. Yeah. You know, you can't use that financial excuse anymore because it's free. Mm -hmm. There's always something out there that you can use. Yes. It might not be the best, but sometimes financial aspect takes precedence over how good it actually is. Gotta make it work. Yeah. What is one story uh, that you remember from this course that you think is worth telling? Gosh, so many of them. <laughs> I can't remember any. Uh, I liked when we were all like, we read that chapter in the book and we all sat in a circle and had like our discussions about the book and like the different things that we talked about and like everyone just had different things that stood out to them. I thought that was really interesting because like I was like, well, everyone will say this, everyone will say this. Like we all had a bunch of different things to talk about. I think it really made for a good discussion. And I think like just the discussion we had about the like type of technology we had access to in school, like so many people came from different backgrounds like Jared another group he said you know, they had like five computers to the classroom and we're like well my school was the same way up to high school then we finally had only class we ever had that everybody had computers was English and math like we had our own laptops that was it but any other class we didn't have anything in there I think uh, a good like not me maybe John it was so much a story but just something that I that I learned that I never really thought about was that like I'm not a very um I just kind of go with something and I, you know, I do it, you know, I don't really uh, step back and think about things a lot. I just kind of go with it on the fly. And um, I guess I've just learned that maybe there's some more planning sometimes that I need to do than um, I do, I guess. So. You guys all have like very educational stories. My favorite memory from this class was having the debate with my table as to whether frozen hot chocolate <laughs> tastes like a milkshake or if it tastes more like chocolate milk. And oh. then having a debate 
and then we went and bought frozen hot chocolates the, and took a boat. Yeah, I feel like it's like a milkshake. I've never had frozen hot chocolate. Oh, you're missing out on life. I can't. It it definitely tastes more like a milkshake. Yeah, definitely. I can see that because I mean, hot chocolate tastes like it's like just hot. I don't know. Dude, I love a chocolate milkshake, so I'd probably. probably (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's funny. So, where in your content or grade level do you see the potential for the use of digital stories? Well, for me, for being like an IS teacher, like K through twelve, I think you can use it almost in any subject. Like this, just you just have to find the right topic and resources to actually use it. It just depends, like, if it's the right time. Like, kindergarten, first grade, yeah, there's a lot of YouTube videos, but probably as much you can actually use technology. You can't really ask them to make a digital story or anything like that, but especially, like, later, grade, older grades, you can definitely ask them to, like, be creative because, like, probably about fifth grade, they're probably familiar with a lot of different technological stuff. But for me, I just think you just have to find the right timing for anything to use. I liked when he said that um, we use stories in our everyday life. Like, I didn't even think about, like, Snapchat stories. And so, like, I didn't even mm-hmm. think about it. And, like, like t- kids nowadays are just so used to it. Like, and we tell stories every day. So, I think it's, like, a good learning process for them. Like, because they're used to telling stories. We're all used to telling stories. Just, like, I didn't picture it this way. Like, in my head, it it wasn't, like, like tell a story. I'm, like, thinking, like, oh, well, we're going to, like, have to make something up and, like, now you, we tell stories every day, so I think it's like just like a common thing that um, students nowadays are used to and uh, would really like grab a hold of and run with it. Yeah, I think you're, I think kids are just comfortable doing things like that now, and I think Tyler's right too as far as like early like the earlier um, grade levels will need more involvement from the teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, the teacher will have to kind of facilitate things a little bit more where. As kids, you know, get fifth, sixth, and the seventh grade on through there, they, you kind of just give it to them, and they can go create their own thing, you know, so. What is a tangible uh, program or product that you are taking away from the course? And it can be something you have used already um, or that you plan on using. I think for sure, like, me and you did Adobe Spark. I really like that. Like, even for my project, the, the web questing um, for my um, final product I used an Adobe Spark product to make it because I just love it so much now like it's just my favorite thing <laughs> it's, uh, like it's easy to use like you can just jump in and do it I think for me like Flipgrid because I thought that's pretty cool like you can just like take that anywhere like make videos wherever you are and like you especially like in social studies or something like say you get on a field trip like to a museum you can like make the kids like make some kind of like video of them being at the museum, like kind of like vlogging the museum. Mm-hmm. And every kid knows what vlogging is now because it's all over YouTube. But I just think something like that, like a more interactive, like first person experience of like what they actually did, be pretty good. The uh, one for me is um, an app called Liveboard. I don't know if you guys probably don't know much about it, but it's basically like a virtual whiteboard where students can like log on to the same session at the same time and work on things together. So like for me, I want to teach math, so like I want, I'm like, I'm big on like group work in math, not so much uh, individual work, and so like to have students work in groups like the beginning of the class, and be able to each be on their laptop or something, and to be able to work on a problem together, or even if they aren't together, if, you know, they're at home and they're working on homework, they could get on there and they could both work on the same problem at the same time, um, that's probably one that I'll definitely use. Uh, so something for me 
as I really like all the Adobe stuff. But I also have been like playing around with like the Movely and I think I'm gonna like it. And I think that's what I'm gonna use for this project coming up. What is something that you have learned in this class in either your pedagogical approach or just your way of thinking? What is something that you have learned? I think for me, just like, especially from this class, is always, you're always thinking of how does this improve on the student's learning? Like you said, it's always learning for technology a second. So you're always thinking, how does this improve the learning process for the students? And I just like, I, I never really thought about it like that because before it's just like, oh, we gotta make this, this is how it has to be. You never really think about how does this improve for the students? Like, this is, this is fun. Does it help them learn? Does it give them like a creative like avenue to do something for themselves? I think that's the biggest thing because I never really thought like that. Never thought like that before. I think for me it's just that there's um, more room for technology in the classroom than maybe I thought there was before we started this class. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know how much I planned on using technology as a math teacher or how I planned on using it, but um, I think there are definitely ways that I can find to plug that in and make it be meaningful. So. I feel like now every time I go to sit down and make a project for this class, like what runs through my head is the triple E's, like is this going to enhance it, engage it, or extend it, so like every time, and then like even in my planning documents, I always try and include like how I feel like that technology has helped do that, because like I just remember learning about that, and I think that's just such a big part in the learning process. Yeah, I, for one of my blog posts, I'm, I've spent a lot of time watching Fortnite, <laughs> and um, and just taking Fortnite and evaluating it from the triple E perspective, like how could we use this in the classroom with the triple, is it triple E? Mm -hmm. And then the T pack, like how can we make this work? My little brother would love you if you figure that out. He loves Fortnite, dude. He's crazy about my, it. I have spent so much time watching my son play Fortnite that it's crazy. <laughs> A lot of architecture. Yeah, yeah. Build a house in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what questions do you have as we come to the end of the course, and what do you <clears throat> think is next? I don't know. I really, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Questions. I don't know if I have any questions. I don't either. I don't even. What's next? Like, I don't know. Just, I guess, like, how do I incorporate this, like, in my everyday teaching? Like, thinking about that, like, questioning myself, like, how to actually use it, like, mm -hmm. make sure I'm using it the right way. And there's always going back to, like, you said, the Triple E, like, all those frameworks we can use to help make a better learning environment. I guess that's what's next for me. I think like uh, when I think about the technology, I'm like, oh, well, we've used it with these big projects, big projects, but like the thing, like how will I use it every day, like yeah. in the classroom, like just with simple things with each activity, how will I use it? How is it gonna uh, make it better? I gotta like think about like different ways to use technology with just the simple things in class, not just because you can't do a big project like every day of the week. Mm -hmm. So. Anybody have any final thoughts or comments? 
Class has been rough, brr. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's like it's been fun. It's like definitely been a hard learning process just going over everything. But I think it's definitely for the better. I mean, it makes you, it definitely challenges you as a mm-hmm. student and as a future educator how to use stuff. So it might be hard now, but it's definitely for the better. It is worth it, yeah. yeah I think good. I'll look back and be like, I remember doing this and making that project and then using it in the classroom and like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> I can just like, I really enjoyed the WebQuest project because like it actually got me like thinking about like, like I could actually use something like this in a classroom. Like, thought that was really cool. So. It's nice to go through it as a student too. That way you know like all the complications those the students you're going to be teaching are going to have. And you can kind of like curve that to where you, they might not have to go through that same stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it's also good to go through because you gotta learn. Like the project for for the links that were made that didn't work on purpose. Oh my gosh! So I was like, oh, of course you would. Stressed me out. <laughs> but I liked making the rubric too, cause I like never even think about that. Like that like just went over my head. Like that's the thing we'll be doing is like grading and making a rubric. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 